Hey everyone, Freddie here. Um, we don't usually uh, do this, but I just wanted to make a quick correction uh, in the intro of the podcast. Um, you're going to hear me talk a little bit about uh, the attempted murder of uh, Jacob Blake, and I referred to it uh, as a murder. So I just wanted to apologize for that. Uh, it was a little bit of a slip and um, yeah, I just wanted to make sure I corrected it. Thanks. Enjoy the podcast. Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? There it is. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. We're going back, back to back. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks. Basketball, basketball podcast. podcast. I am your still optimistic host, Freddie Revis. And who, Mr. Harmonizer, sir, are you? My glass is half full, and I'm the producer, Maddie D. Maddie D, I love to hear it. I also love the earnest style, whatever you had in your throat there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, a touch of Vern in there, a little touch of Vern. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, a little touch of her and never enough. Um, we're, a, we're a fan podcast. Uh, we're on week three of being uh, a part of this really cool thing, the, the Sonar Network. Make sure you check out all their hilarious basketball podcasts. Or, sorry, pardon me. All their hilarious comedy uh, and comedy associated podcasts. Yeah. We are the hilarious podcast yeah. on their uh, basketball <laughs> podcast. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm like setting myself up for. Uh, just a whole bunch of tongue twisters. You know, what am I doing here? <laughs> yeah. This, uh, is Matt, yeah. this is Matt's territory. That's why. <laughs> um, Matt, why don't you tell us a, a tidbit about Sonar and, you know, so, some of the other stuff that uh, people need to know about our pot. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you can listen to us now at thesonarnetwork.com. Uh, all the other podcasts are there as well. Lots of great comedy podcasts and health and wellness podcasts. At the end of our episode, you will hear an ad for one of their shows, which is cool. So you can uh, give that a little uh, gander. And if you like what you hear, why don't you go check it out? And then, uh, of course, there's dunkspodcast.com, which, of course, always has all our links to all our podcatchers and our Patreon if you want to support us as well as, uh, well, you know, just waste another way to contact tact us about them toques. You know what I mean? That's right. Cause guess it's what, buddy? Proof. It's almost, it's almost fall, which means it's almost winter. <gasps> Woo. And the top of your ears are going to get frosty soon. So toque time, you need a toque. Toque time is coming up. Head top. <laughs> Folks, that is just a smooth operator right there. You see how that went through those? It's like bing, bang, boom. He didn't do no uh, basketball comedy. Uh, what's a uh, podcast? That's my job. I stutter and slur and trip over my own words. It's good. Um, before we get into the pod, uh, rough uh, loss from, from Boston. We, you know, there's a lot more fight. Uh, Marcus Smart went off. Uh, we have some really good guests and we kind of just dive into everything about it. And obviously the NBA, <clears throat> however, you know, we gotta, we gotta address what, what happened right after we recorded our last podcast. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we had talked with Katie uh, and Ian, obviously about uh, Nick and, and Norm and Fred uh, suggesting a potential uh, it was uh, called the boycott at that time. You know, I think a lot of folks are more comfortable with the, terminology of strike uh considering they're workers but um yeah the bucks didn't come out the magic um quickly realized what was happening the the league then postponed the games after the players decided that they would not play due to the uh, you know very awful um viral uh video of um of a, another police murder uh of, of, of a black unarmed man and um, yeah, we we had one of the most profound sporting moments I've ever lived through. Uh, the uh, the Brewers walked out. The WNBA um, also uh, was protesting. There was some. I'm sorry, I'm not great with tennis, but there there was some some high profile tennis walkouts, I believe, and as well. The players on the uh, WNBA that wore those T-shirts were pretty. Yep, was uh, wow. That was very impactful to see. 
Yeah, seven bullet holes. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's not forget the NHL in their moment of silence. Uh, yeah. Very brave. It, yeah, the NHL <laughs> kind of you know pissed a lot of folks off, but in the end they the were end, they, they, yeah. they were pushed to to cancel some games as well. And yeah. I think you know sometimes you're not the first to do something, but I, I am happy that it that it did happen with them. Honestly, yeah, um, yeah, as am I. Yeah, you know it's it's better late than never scenario. I think a little bit. Um, and and you know just shout out to so many brave, uh, amazing people. Uh, Kayla Gray you know, on Twitter during yeah. this time has been such an amazing sports figure. Um, make sure you give her a follow. Uh, mm-hmm. I hope she gets, you know, as famous, you know, and, and successful as she deserves to be. Uh, and I, I kind of want to touch on a little bit, you know, I think anyone who listens to this podcast, you're a hardcore basketball fan. And I think you're really into what's going on in the bubble and, and, and all that jazz. And, and I think a lot of people are familiar with the over, tones of racism uh, with shut up and play. Uh, but I think, you know, there's, there's also some other stuff at, 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 at play here, uh, you know, forgive the pun um, in terms of judging um, uh, b- uh, black basketball players and, and what they should do and, and scrutinizing how they should protest. You know, it's been, it's been very problematic to, for me to, to kind of hear this, you know, they, they shouldn't play. Uh, if they do play, here's what they should do. And it kind of bypasses this, this, this act of bravery and, and this idea of like, you know, this is the platform they have and this is how they're using it. And also like, you know, I was saying to Matt a, a couple minutes ago, like they're playing chess. Don't forget that. And, and, and a lot of people, you know, their first assertions are, are, are checkers, checkers based ideas. Like mm-hmm. the NBA players, they can stop and start this thing to mirror the entire U S election cycle. If they want to, um, they, they have the owners where they want them. They have the fans where they want them and they have America um, and the world where they want them. And, you know, not where they need them. Uh, you know, black people need so much more help from, I think the general public, uh, and it's, it's a shame that the players have to do this. It's, it's amazing. And it was so incredible to, to experience, but yeah, I think I, I don't enjoy hearing the tones of, of they should not play. Cause I think it's, uh, it's a little bit short-sighted and I think it's kind of spoken, um, with a tone that's, uh, it, it doesn't sit well with me. Sorry, yeah. Matt, a little bit of a rant, but, uh, um, no, no, that's great. Overall, really inspiring, really cool, and and I'm glad you know. And some major things happened. Uh, we should mention the good stuff too, right? Yeah. You know, they got on the phone with the, you know, the attorney, assistant attorney general of uh, Wisconsin. Um, Huge. Uh, about, uh, about the the murder of, of Mr. Blake, um, and uh, you know, also um, all the arenas being used, uh, like I guess when they can for for either voting registration or voting. Um, and I think also the expectation of, of much more to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people wanted them to hold out to get more. And it's like, no, this is a conversation. There's an ebb and flow here and they're using the power they have, I think in the perfect way. Mm-hmm. Um, well said. Thanks, Matt. Uh, yeah, I kind of just, I feel like I'm going full speed here, but uh it's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of feelings, uh, yeah, for, for you know related to basketball, and it's, it's painful to watch the senseless violence. So um, I'm I'm proud uh, and and excited that the NBA players use their platform the way they did. But yeah. uh, let's let's jump into let's jump into some 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 basketball talk, shall we? Uh, if you're if you're feeling like we're good to go, please give me the okay. Okay. Wowzers. Um, okay. I'm going to bring on my uh, first guest here. Um, it's been a little while since he's, uh, since he's been on the pod. Um, uh, I think he's holding up. All right. Uh, he's looking good. He's uh, he may or may not be in a closet right now. I don't really know the exact details, but um, he's amazing. Give it up for your boy, Brian, AKA Brian Kimmel. What's up? What up? What uh, thanks for joining us in this kind of, it's, it's a bit of a tough time, but I feel like, you know, I feel like we're all, me and you are already in the same space of like, there's some resilience popping up. 
Sure. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not. Um, social let, isolation. Yeah. A little, little social isolation resilience. Um, speaking of isolated, uh, my brother who normally lives about a seven minute walk from me is, uh, is, is shooting a TV show in Newfoundland. Um, so he's very far away and not just that he's, I think also very much alone in the place he's in, in Newfoundland. Um, so yeah, uh, give it up for uh, my bro Miguel Rivas. Hello, hello. Do I have music? Is it right there? It is. Oh yeah, that's your blobby samba. The blobby samba, baby. Um, hello, I'm in Newfoundland. <clears throat> yeah, um, the big rock. I'm on the big rock. Thank thanks God. for thanks for joining. Uh, I hope, I hope you're I'm very bored over here, so I'm glad to talk to you, fellas. Good, good. I hope you're kind of holding up all right. This is, uh, you know, it's always a tough time in a moment like this. But um, I think without further ado, let's let's get right to it. Maddie, if you got a raptor sting, um, we we need some optimism right now. So give <laughs> it give it all the gusto you can, please. All the sound foley, Maddie. Would you give it to me? Good. Energetic. I'm feeling okay. Um, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll just jump right into it. Um, Brian, uh, you know, we, we went through this last year. Uh, you've seen a lot of basketball. Um, that first game, some might say had sweep energy, uh, against, (laughs) against the Raptors. I I was kind of hoping not, um, this game, obviously, we'll we'll get into all the nuts and bolts. Was really really tight. Uh, we lost. Uh, big Kemba shot down the stretch. How are you feeling right now? Or yeah, like you know, I I I, I posited resilient, but maybe not. You know, I feel how, fine. How, like I still feel pretty confident that we have the series. But uh, you know, obviously, it sucks to lose. But whatever. That's why it's a seven game series, right? So yeah, I mean, like, do, like, does your confidence kind of come from? we we've done something like this to the bucks or is it kind of like, yeah, well, more I so mean, in the matchup, that, you know, this team's been going uh, perennially to the playoffs for what, like six, seven, eight years now. So, you know, it's not like we haven't faced adversity before, right? They're going to, yeah, they're going to no, get their shit together. They're going to figure out a way to pull this out. I, I think that people tend to be prisoners of the moment. And it's like, Oh no, we lost a close game, but it's like, no, whatever. You know, I think that the rest of the bubble has been such a cakewalk for us that our our fan base forgets what forgets what it's like to, you know, fight for a W, right? And yeah. You now they're not all going to be easy. The Celtics are a really good team, so whatever. Sometimes you just got to give them their props and then just fucking come back and yeah, cook them, um, cook them the next time out. Well, and we'll we'll, we'll get to smart, but like you know, when, when you say sometimes you got to give somebody your props. I was feeling that during that moment because I felt like yep. we, we, we did a lot of things right. And we still could do so much more, uh, you know, like I think like particularly in terms of like offensive polish, but you know, those threes were massive and that's kind of who you want taking them. Um, I was getting like big, like AI energy from them in those moments. You know, I was thinking like AI, like, like Steph Marbury in the all-star game in, in, in 2000, uh, 2001 or whatever year it was where, where he went nuts at the end, you know, it was just like one of those moments where we're waiting for him to come back down to earth. But like last two games he's been, and, and he started out the game slow. Right. And I was like, yeah, he got that 12 point lead. And I was like, see, this is what happens when, when uh, Marcus smart stops being Steph Curry. And then just like in that last quarter, he went bananas again. And yeah. The guy's got cojones, you know, like props to him. Like, stepped up big time and all you can do is really you know give him his props for that yeah it was incredible like i mean if i was not a fan of either team this game was awesome and but mm-hmm. uh wait i know so you know what uh, as a raptor fan it was still awesome um miguel where where, where you know what's your i don't want to say like worry meter at but you know as a battle-tested fan are you are you like not sweating are you sweating where are you at Oh, I would say I'm pretty chill. I'm not like worried at all. Yeah, just just a nice. Just gonna, like, is that a little take? Just no, it's a it's an Alexander Keith. Um, 
You know, I would say that I am a bit worried. I wouldn't say I'm like despondent or anything. Um, I, I, I feel like I've feared Boston for a long time this season, uh, heading, heading into this uh, playoff matchup. I didn't, I didn't buy the narrative of the bubble game against Boston being some sort of like trick game where the Raptors didn't reveal what they were going to do or something. I feel like there is a huge problem against Boston. Um, this is the hardest matchup out there for the Raptors. I really feel like, and uh, I, I wouldn't say that I'm like, I wouldn't say I'm confident, uh, but uh, like Brian, but I will say that like, I think the Raptors will keep fighting in this and probably, probably push this farther than people think. But now I'm just in the like, worried mathematical zone of like comebacks from O2 are friggin' hard. They're friggin' hard. And it's like, a, now the Raptors have to win four out of six to advance. And it's like, they absolutely can do it, have done mm-hmm. it. They literally did it last year. But it's like, what a what an uphill battle they just presented for themselves. But specifically, if you just looked at this game in isolation, I wouldn't be that pissed because it was a really like competitive close game. Yeah, you know, I think short of OG having some kind of like hot shooting early on, I, I this gave this game gave me a lot of confidence uh, as far as like where I think this series is going. You know, like like you, Miguel. I am. There's a there's a thing in the back of my head having that mathematical thing. I'm pissed at how flat we came out game one. You know, because I, yeah. I thought this was going to be such a tight series, and I kind of expected every game to be like this game. So that's uh, it, a bit of like a shit. But I don't know. I feel like we we've already kind of figured out some things um, that I I think are are going to continue to go in our favor, particularly like like watching Stevens kind of reactively take off Tice for Grant Williams. And even though Grant Williams was good, that to me kind of showed that like their, their confidence is really in like about four or five guys. And then after that, they're a bit shaky and our confidence goes a bit deeper. Um, And even some things like seeing a little dash of Boucher here. And I think the Celtics are tough, but um you know, I'm, I don't want to be like one of these guys where it's like, we're going to hit our shots one time. But I, I do feel like there's gonna, we're going to have some breathing room in, in one or two of these games. Uh, but we'll also need to win some tight games too. So I'm confident, but kind of, kind of pissed, I guess. I kind of unfortunately think tonight was an example of what a breathing room game might be like. I don't think the Raptors are going to be able to go up 20-plus on Boston. I feel like they're going to have to get up 12 and kind of manage that kind of thing like they See, did today down the stretch a bit better. Like they, I don't know. They, they weren't dominating the game, but they were like in charge of the game for a long time. And they proved that they can do that. But it's, so they got to like, they got to ride that out rather than being confident that they're going to blast them. Because I just don't see us blasting them because it, it, it would require a real takeoff in the transition game. And it would require that combined with a wild three-point shooting game. And we know a wild three-point shooting game is coming, but I'm not sure that the, fast break game is coming in this series. I don't think you can count on that showing up. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I think you might be right about the fast break, but I do feel like we're, we're due for, for like a hot shooting night from norm um, and maybe Pascal on the same day <laughs> type thing, or, or, you know, maybe like a bucket or two um, or, you know, a three or two from Mark, uh, maybe a hot Kyle shooting. Like, I think there's a lot of potential. Like what, one thing I think nurse figured out tonight was, if you relentlessly drive to the rim against this team, they have no rim protection and that does break their defense down. Like I, I thought, you know, there was a lot of clunky Pascal plays, but just overall the aggression heading towards the rim, like that's the way to beat this team. And I think we're, we're, we're overall deeper and stronger and taller and can wear them down. Um, I already talked a little bit, uh, was smart about Brian, but Miguel, what's your, uh, uh, wait, no, sorry. I, I want to frame this question around, uh, jokingly, obviously, uh, please say five bad things about Marcus smart, uh, since he hit five big threes in the fourth quarter. Well, you know, he ain't too smart, you know, so his name is a misnomer. Yeah. I'll take that away from him. Cheers. Um, 
I think that he uh, could could use a haircut for sure. Okay. I think his hair is a little bit overgrown. Cheers. I think that I think that he uh, wears on his sleeve that he just wishes he was Kyle Lowry. So he's a little bit of like a suck up that way. Key point. So like you know, grows fine. And also, um, I think that he's got a stubby neck. You know. Okay. A real stubby, stubby neck. Was that five things? It was like, it was close enough. I think it was like in the spirit of the question. Um, Brian. Maybe the last uh, one was off base, but you know what? Yeah, I think they're, they're you know, they're all probably off base, but um, it's hard not to give this guy's props. So we got to take him down a little bit. Uh, Brian, do you have, you know, five, five bad things to say about Marcus Smart? Uh, I was going to comment on his like scruffiness and the bubbles too. I don't know. It's not really a bad look, though. It kind of works for him. I know it does kind of work for him. He's he's got got he, didn't, he didn't shoot a hundred percent floor tonight. So yeah, okay. <laughs> so there you that. go. Yeah. Uh, no, honestly, I don't really have anything bad to say. I, I, I know it's all just jokes or, and whatnot, but but I think it just kind of like feeds into uh, a bit of a loser's mentality to just try to knock knock him down when he was great tonight and like whatever. I'm confident enough in our team that we don't need to tear down any of the Celtics uh, yeah. to make ourselves feel better, you know, like we'll bounce back. Fine. I think, yeah. and Marcus Smart, like he played like the game of his life tonight and like, good for him. Two games and in a row that really were impressive. Two games like, in a row. He's got to regress back the, to his norm, right? Eventually. I think so. The Kyle, the, maybe, the maybe Kyle Lowry thing. Sorry. The Kyle Lowry thing I was saying is just like he, his style of play that might infuriate like a casual fan, I think maybe uh, like where he kind of, and he does infuriate a lot of non-Raptor fans. You know, that if that that's Lowry to a T. So, like, you can't really get mad at that if you're a Raptors fan and praise Lowry's style of play. Oh, and that's the thing that I, like, all game, like, in our thread we had going, excuse me, where everyone was talking about, like, oh, he flops so much, da 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 Like, he's doing everything that Kyle does. Like, yep. You know, I couldn't in good, in good conscience, like, criticize him for doing the same stuff that Kyle does for us to gain a competitive edge, right? 100%. So, and, and I thought that was like, you know, nurse also, I feel like, like with, with our team and with Kyle and, uh, and, and with Fred and guys who like are, are good at like using every inch, they could see what he tried in that late sequence with Pascal where he tried mm-hmm. to draw the contact and then kind of like flop to the side. Yeah. It was that, a little OD. Cause I, cause it's like P going away from him and him going into P and yeah. not even looking at him. Like that's. That was a little much, but yeah, you know, but it was, it was a good, try. at yeah. first I was like, Oh no, this is a bad challenge. But then it was actually ended up being a really good challenge. Yeah. I mean, um, it was a pretty egregiously bad call. So yeah, it, yeah, it was like, emphatic too. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, also I find that like, I know like a lot of, a lot of our fans aren't really fond of Tony brothers, but I, I don't know. I don't have a problem with them personally. I think that he just kind of wears a crotchety expression on his face all the time. So whenever a call goes against us, people like make that connection and think that he like hates the Raptors or something, but yeah. I don't think he does. And like Zach Zarba, I think is generally one of the better refs in the league. And uh, Corbin and Corbin too. Like the, I think that the, the, the officiating crew tonight was one of the better crews they, they could put together really for a playoff game. So, I mean, yeah, yeah the calls were perfect, but you know, it's a tough game to ref and like, Definitely, like, yeah. I definitely think the last game was, like, far worse. In, in Me too. Was but, I, but, but even even though I agree, like, last game was far worse, and you could tell that the refing team did a much better job tonight. It's like, even yeah. though the refing was, quote-unquote, bad or whatever you want to say last game, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know? And the reason the Raptors the Raptors lost was not because... Well, I mean, Ed, Ed Malloy <laughs> is just bad at his job. Fair enough, it, fair enough. It, yeah. Even still, the Raptors lost because of the way they played. They didn't, yeah. the, ref didn't the, refs, the refs didn't help or whatever, but I, I never like to fall into that narrative of blaming the referees because this is the toughest sport to judge, A. And B, it's, it's, you, you, you can overcome it with play. Like, you really can. Mm-hmm. And the Raptors just played so bad in game one, and it was their fault. It was no one else's fault. I didn't like to kind of like... Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I, there I, was I, a tight I've, whistle, but that wasn't to blame, you know? I feel like with this team too, we really benefit. We're a tough team. So early on when we got the read that we weren't getting a lot of calls, I think we settled into that and was kind of like, okay, well yeah. then we'll score anyhow. Like we can, we can win without getting calls. Um, whereas the, the, the first game was tougher. Cause like, like when it's a delicate whistle, it's just tough for a guy like Pascal to play defense. Um, 
and kind of like, you know, we're, we're a really active handsy team and yeah. it's tough uh, to, to kind of dial that down. But um, Miguel, let's go to, let's go to Pascal. Uh, I thought he played incredible defense tonight. Um, I thought he, you know, showed a lot of nice aggression. Uh, l- let me just read out his line here. Um, so, uh, 17 points, uh, eight rebounds, six assists, three steals, one block. Uh, I think he had 20 points, didn't he? No, I'm OG. Uh, yeah. OG had 20 points. Yeah. Um, you know, he shot 30, 37% from the field, hit it, hit that three, um, to end the uh, first half. Uh, people are pretty on him. Uh, as far as, um, you know, being the number one guy, I'm not sure if we need him to be the number one guy that a lot of the other other teams have like i think the raptors are a bit of a utility team but uh yeah how are you feeling do you feel like he's 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 struggling um do do you feel like he's not rising to the moment i would say it's pretty undeniable that he's struggling in the offensive area of his game but i agree that defensively he's playing pretty excellent and in the entire bubble experience his defense has been sick even even like tonight he got crossed over and put on skates so hard by Tatum in the fourth, but he still and like he fell. But that looked like it might is, have been a slip, though. So oh, he, yeah, like, like a water was, slip. Whatever yeah. happened, might, he might, still yeah. like ex, he extended his leg like dalsum and like still was able to reach that way. You're like, wow, this guy's like so huge and long and incredible. Mm-hmm. But I think I think undeniably statistically, you can just look at the numbers like his scoring is down. And I think we don't, I think, you know, if you think about the Raptors being like, what do the Raptors need from him and from this contract and long-term? And that's where the conversation is going to go. If the Raptors were to lose this series, but it's like, I, I don't think they need him to be that in the future going forward, but they certainly could use it in this series right now, having something more of a threat attack. The Raptors right now, the sellers are, I sorry, the Celtics right now are setting up every defense being like, okay, here's a five-pronged team that's going to run X and X sequence. But they're not thinking, here's a team that's going to run X and X sequence that always has this focal point. And I feel like everyone hates to admit it, but, but the most successful playoff offenses usually have like a main attack weapon. You know what I mean? Just one, it doesn't have to be like so dominant, but you need this one thing that you do. And then you build off everything from that. And I think the Raptors are missing that. And it could be Pascal scoring a bit more, you know? If he was putting, if he was doing 23, 24 points a game, I think that would change this series dramatically. Oh yeah, I mean, I feel, I think if he was doing twenty three points a game, we'd be, we'd be having some big wins. Um, and you know, I think, I think what we're kind of missing from Pascal, like just, just looking down the uh, box score here, like really balanced scoring from from the Raptors. So we got Serge with seventeen, Kyle with sixteen, Fred with nineteen, Pascal with seventeen, and OG with twenty. And, and, but, you know, we shot again, 11 for 40 from three. So 27%. And I think what we're yeah. missing is like d- during the regular season, you could count on like one or two of those top of the break, Pascal confident threes. And I think that part of his game is, is a bit missing right now, but I, I I'm, I'm not, I, I don't think that it's necessarily in a, in a problem territory. Like if I'm, if I'm if I'm in his camp, and I'm sure you know everyone there is, I'm I'm just pushing him to to shoot more and and can stay aggressive. Um, Brian, what's your what's your thoughts on I guess you know Pascal in the bubble against the Nets and now like just in general like this idea of him struggling. Yeah, well, I think uh, well I mentioned it again in a thread that he hasn't really looked right since he got that contract extension, and so like I don't it's just I'm just speculating, but I think maybe. He's in his own head a little bit in in terms of like trying to uh, live up to that contract. Um, That's just what that's I'm just guessing. Right. Because before that, he just, you know, he he, he was always a little inconsistent. Right. Obviously, he's still really young and developing, but um, he just always seemed to used to uh, he used to always play with a looseness, Mm -hmm. really seemed like he was having fun. And like, I mean, you just look at his body language now. It just doesn't look like he's having fun the way he he was before when there weren't such high expectations uh, on his shoulders. Um, and, you know, it's, it's like the first time in his career, like, you know, post All-Star break, the first time in his career where he's really faced like any kind of adversity. He's had like such a steady upwards trajectory this whole yeah. time until now. 
and uh, you know he's got the talent and the work ethic and he'll figure it out eventually it's just like it's just something that where you know there's no substitute for time and experience and we have to let him go through his his growing pains do you feel like maybe he was one of the players most affected by the five month absence oh absolutely well i mean that was the other thing i was going to get into is that we don't know i mean like maybe pascal is mentally totally uh you know, relatively fine, but we don't know what kind of effect the bubble is having on people, you know, and Paul George is obviously a, a big example of that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and when you look across the league, when you look at guys like Jamal Murray and, and Spider, uh, Donovan Mitchell and, and Marcus Smart tonight, you know, like people react to uh, different situations in different ways. Right. So for some guys, they might feel like galvanized by the situation. Like when you look at like uh, Jamal yeah. the other day with his shoes, with the Brianna Taylor, uh, Taylor tribute, uh, and the George Floyd on the other shoe, um, you know, he, he used that as inspiration, whereas other, you know, some of his peers might feel, you know, more beaten down and gloomy about it. Right. So, um, yeah, this it's just like, there's a lot to unpack with like the current context of the league and no telling where people's heads are at right now. So yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point. It's a kind of like a complex historical, situation they're in and yeah trying to you know look at it through solely like a basketball lens is yeah it feels weird well yeah i mean beyond weird it's also just like we're we're, we're getting like a speck of what is going on and you know that's that's kind of what like a a basketball podcast is all about because we're just these are our opinions and we're kind of taking stabs in the dark but um yeah I, i i kind of like feel he's you know, he's, he's playing with a, a, a little less joy. Um, and, yeah. and, 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 and the looseness, like, like you were saying, Brian, is kind of, it's kind of what I'm thinking because I see his athleticism and like, he's in shape and like his defense looks like there was that one play where he just took it from Tatum and it was like, yeah. Oh man, this dude's awesome. And, and, and actually uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a bit more of that of like, uh, kind of unleashing OG uh, and and or uh, Pascal on Tatum. You know, I, I think Kyle's doing a great job, really, actually, on on Tatum. But uh, Pascal, if he's not, you know, if he's using his feet, is just a nightmare to try and move around on. It's. Uh, do, it's do you know what's something that I've noticed about Pascal too that you might like point to the focus? Just that, you know, it's just the the dribbling. I feel like he is someone who added dribbling well and, uh, you know, as an attack later in his game and development. And so it's probably something that he focuses really hard on when he's playing. And when he was, you know, really rolling for a good season and a half there, he kind of was, he was dribbling very effectively compared to his like previous play. And now I feel like specifically in the playoffs, not even in the bubble, but specifically in the playoffs, I feel like his dribbling is like sloppier than it normally is. And so I'm wondering if like, oh, that's kind of like looks like a symptom of the like in his headness that's going on. Because I agree he looks super fit and like rolling. He looks great. But but like, yeah, tonight he had a few dribbles that were like, what is that? Like, what are what's going on? Yeah, it's just kind of tight. Yeah, no, it's and, it's and it's like he's not letting the game come to him as much. I think like early in the year there was like a lot, you know, that sort of uh, the dispute over like who was the better player, like him or Tatum. You know, they're pr- pretty comparable players, pretty pretty similar skill sets, and like and like the stages of the careers and whatnot. You know, I think right now the main difference between the two guys is that Tatum is just looks a lot more patient out there. He takes what the what you know what, what oh, the offense yeah. gives him, right? And, and sometimes with Pascal, like when he gets the ball in the post or something, it looks like in his head, he's already made up like, oh, I've got to assert myself here. It's like, no, nah, you don't have to. Like maybe maybe you don't end up taking uh, a shot in a quarter or a half. Like if that's how the flow of the game goes, you know, like you shouldn't be afraid to just pass out of those situations if he's got an open right. teammate. And, you know, you know we've, seen a lot of those, of we've seen a lot of those drives where he gets forced away from the basket and he ends up kind of fading away and, Missing and, and also kind of missing a lot of bunnies too, which kind of hurts. But you know, that's just kind of uh, that's just how the cr- cookie crumbles sometimes, I guess. Yeah, I'm le- I'm less upset about those. I feel like those will fall somehow. He has like such a great work on angles, but you know, I've never thought about it, Brian, in this way about like how Tatum's greatest skill does seem to be like patience. 
patience, yeah. Really, he's not like a wild attacker, even though he takes mm-hmm. over games. He really just like looks he always looks very controlled. Rises up. And I mean, his his points he scored, he dropped thirty plus on us. It came so quietly, you know. I was like, what? He had yep. thirty two points. Thought he had like fifteen, but you know, he's getting them, getting his points at the line, you know, and that's. That's what Pascal needs to do. Like just pass up on the, on the contested looks, unless it's like a late clock scenario. And trust your teammates, right? Yeah, he was. He was. Looking Wait a minute. Smooth. Are we being morose? Are we sad? Is there an no. overall tone here of sadness? No way. Not sad? at all. Like what does morose mean again? <laughs> sad. Very sad. Is there like a oh, heavy, overarching, raining sadness on all? Maybe of us? Or are we being You know, it's more of a seasonal thing. You know, it's it's like we're, <laughs> yeah. we're entering late summer, fall, and you know. That's it. We've got that. We've got that. That uh, that melancholy vibe is in the air, but that has th- nothing to do with basketball. <laughs> I think. Uh, I think you know. I saw some of that calm we're talking about in OG. Um, just the way he was dribbling out of, uh, like t- you know, Tatum came flying over him once or twice, and he looked really calm out there. Um, I'm also let me, like just just before we move on from the Raptors uh, and and Matt, I want to ask you this too because I brought this up on the pod before, <clears throat> but um, you know you don't want to look panicky, uh, and I think you don't want to show any any weakness. But is there something to you know maybe giving like Serge is playing more, but maybe I guess we started well tonight. But you know I, I, I would say like I just feel like with Pascal, I want him to be aggressive and when Gasol's out there, there's kind of this attitude of like, let's explore a lot of options on the floor. And, you know, with Pascal and um, uh, Mark and Kyle and Fred all being our playmakers, I wonder if we just need like a surge or a norm out there, like just more of a killer. Um, Like someone who's like, I'm only like, I'm only going to try and score if you give me the ball. Um, Brian, I'm going to, I'm going to go to you first. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not saying necessarily bring bring Mark off the bench, but kind of in light of what we're talking about with Pascal, do you think it, it might be better for him if there was another, like, attacker on the floor? Well, I think that guy for us is Terrence Davis, but he's too young, and uh, you know, to to get those looks, right? I mean, they don't trust him yet, and you know, he probably needs a couple of years before he gets that type of respect from yeah. the coaching staff as far as giving him like a really significant role in a playoff rotation. Um, but, you know, when you talk about, you know, like certain, certain guys in the league just have that like unflappable sort of self-confidence, you know, like the irrational level of self-confidence, you know, Marcus Smart's one of those guys. And I think Terrence Davis is one of those guys as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, yeah, it, it'll just probably be a while before he gets to see that type of role in our offense. Yeah. Um, Norm can be that guy too. Norm's got it sometimes. Uh, Matt. um, Yeah. How how are you feeling about, you know, Gasol and kind of like the way, the way he's interacting on, on, on offense. Like, do you think that um, we, we maybe needed like another attacker out there to start the games or. Yeah. I, I feel like from what I've seen, you know, I'm watching today, there's just something missing with Gasol, you know, and, and I, I mean, when it comes down to it for me, it just seemed like, you know, what we lost by three points and, you know, we make a couple of those threes that really should have gone in that were wide open. And we could be having a totally different vibe right now. It just, I don't know. It's like, they just, uh, I, I think you guys really touched on with Pascal and stuff. It's just, they're, they're playing tight. I think they're, they're feeling a bit of a panic and a little bit of pressure and stuff. And I think if you look at Boston, they're just, they do seem to be a little bit looser. So if you got to throw a Matt Thomas in there to stink oh, it up wow. a little bit. Cheers. I forgot about him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice man. Yeah. Matt, Matt didn't forget about Matt. <laughs> yeah. I don't forget um, about my mats. You don't forget about your mats. You know, <laughs> um, Devlin, you know, he's always in your mind. Um, <laughs> by the way, Devlin and Jack were amped tonight and I was, I was into I mean, it. Yeah, for sure. They were, or, yeah. Sorry. We can start. Jack, yeah. Uh, Leo, sorry. Leo. Yeah. Um, it's like, where the fuck was Leo that? was on point yeah. tonight. Like I was, he was. with everything. Yeah. 
throughout the whole game. Well, did, Leo's been, I don't know, Leo's been kind of like, he's been riding something, like some kind of wave in the past while. Like, I'm oh, cool. He has been for a while. People haven't wanted to admit it yet. You know, like. I know, Leo's he's kind of cool. Good, like ever, pretty much ever, ever since Devlin became our play-by-play guy, Leo just has a far better chemistry with him than he did with Swirsk. And, you know, he's just, he just seems far less uptight now. Yeah, you know what you know what it was too. Yeah, LeBron wore the "I Can't Breathe" shirt, and uh, and then I think the whole Cavs team wore "I Can't Breathe" shirts. I'm talking years and years and years ago, um, after Eric Garner's death, and uh, Leo did something like players shouldn't wear. You know, they he didn't do like a shut up and dribble monologue quite, but he did a sort of like. You know, they shouldn't be, you know, weighing in too hard. And I think people were like, fuck this guy. He seems like a conservative. He wasn't, but he seemed like one. And now he's doing this. Fuck this. I think everyone was like, screw this. And I feel like he kind of learned from that, maybe. And now he's really changed his attitude and like, wow. Well, I never he even heard bad? of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember at the time. He was I watched really, that, like, yeah. He's always, like, as far as I know, like, he's a, he's a lot like Skip uh, Bayless to me and that not particularly, uh, particularly, um, popular with a lot of sports fans, but when it comes to talking about social issues, he's like always like on the money, like everything that I've ever seen from him, like on his Twitter or him speaking, uh, is always just been right on the money. And when it comes to like, uh, like social justice issues. So that's surprising to me. I, I, never yeah, I, feel, I feel like he, he had like a turning point where he had, he like changed his mind for real and like, I remember one because it was with Rod Black. I remember, I remember that that segment actually, and it was it was disappointing. But I also, yeah, like like Leo is like one. Of, he's become one of those people that is like hardcore on Twitter, like just like like fuck Trump and like just like going off. And he he's been also doing a lot of like direct callouts and um and his fun and his, uh, his his uh, pool shots during the quarantine that he was big on where he'd be drinking a glass of red wine and then just like do a no look to his what's pool. this you never saw the- oh yeah he, he was great he did it every day yeah he was doing it every day for a while Okay, you know what? I, I gotta just. I, I I think we gotta move on, and I gotta do some research on on like Leo's like cool cool shots, basically, because uh, I'm 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 not doing I'm doing enough uh, enough justice. But um, yeah, uh, I think you know, raps are gonna be okay. Um, things gonna be all right. Raps in six, raps in seven. Last, what are you guys saying sure. now? I have one last hypothetical. What if what if Van Vliet went to the bench? Just to run it, and we put Norm in the starting two guard position. Quick answer from everybody. What do you guys think about? That? I wouldn't be mad is at that. Dumbest, is that the dumbest thing I ever said? I, I think all. it. I think it works like size wise, and 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 that's kind of where I was getting at with like, yeah. If you do that, then then you know, don't think about the mark thing. Like I just think you That's know, I mean. like I mean. bring in an attacker, and it's like Norm's role is very clear there. Fred can still play more minutes than Norm, you know. Like I'm sure he will. Would yeah. It's just a question of you know how that affects the players uh, emotionally, right? Like if yeah. if he's not ready to hear that or like sees that as a demotion, like if he's if he's for it, then I'm all for it. Yeah, totally. But, uh, everyone, everyone should just follow in the image of Serge. Serge has been the best at being like. Where do you want me to go? Where should Surge I play? Been, I'll play anywhere you he's want. Been incredible. Yeah. Serge is man. Like, and he's and he's been great this series too. He's like, kind of he, been. He's been awesome. Maybe our low key MVP of the bubble. I would say so too. I think yeah. I mean, like Fred's had some pretty ridiculous play, but um, yeah. Serge Norm has been. Yeah, Norm too. Yeah, but Serge has been so consistent on both ends, rim protection. His like I don't know what his three point average has been in the bubble. But man, it's like I, I used to, you know, I, I went from being like, oh, no, to being like, well, he should take the three to being like, he's got this. Like he just he looks so comfortable from three. It's it's wild. Yeah. And, and if you think back to like his tenure with the Thunder, like he was a good three point shooter. You know, he regressed a little bit when he like went to Orlando, I guess. And, and yeah. his first like year or two with us. I mean, I think it was maybe his first year with us when our fans really got on him about his three-point shooting. But that really, like, in retrospect, seems more of an outlier uh, in in terms of his career percentages. And, and, like, the way he's shooting now seems more in line with the player that he is. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, okay, there's just a bunch of exciting NBA stuff going on, so uh, let's let's move there. Um, Matt, uh, if you, if you got a beautiful NBA sting for me, would you give it to me? This is Adam Silver. Classic Adam Silver tugboat. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, bringing Brian uh, back on the pod, uh, I, I, I wanted to bring Brian on and um, Graham K. If if you do listen, this, this segment's also for you. But um, I try not to be too hot takey, but I think sometimes I go down the wrong rabbit holes, and then like one piece of logic starts to justify another, and then I'm kind of like. I find myself a little bit lost. So there's three bad opinions. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, w- one of them I've covered pretty well. Um, and that's, uh, that's Luca, which kind of started as I didn't necessarily think that his rookie season was historic, which is like, you know, really, I don't know what kind of point I was, tr- what kind of point I was trying to make, but whatever. And then I, I doubled down on that by saying, I don't think he's an M going to be an MVP caliber player. Mm-hmm. So that is like so quickly and profoundly blown up in my face. So I think, you know, I've said that a couple of times on the pod. Um, another one, uh, and I don't know how many times I've said this on the podcast, but I was pretty bullish that Pascal was, was quite a bit better than Tatum. And I think, you know, as was I, yeah, like that's the, that's a take that I feel like I really and and I remember Graham K one time, uh, you know, on, on a message board posted like, "Hey, is is Tatum maybe better than Siakam?" And I totally was like, "You're crazy. That's like a that's a dumb thing to say." And um, and you know, Tatum, I think I, I thought at that time was starting like a hot streak, but it he seemed to kind of settle into being this incredible of a player. And I still think Pascal's significantly better on defense, but um, I don't know that, that, that might be, we'll, we'll see how I do, but I'm, I might be kind of wrong there. <clears throat> and um, this one's for Brian, uh, Jimmy Butler. Okay. So Go. the, what's that? The goat. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really Jimmy, my God, but like, I think just to, just to summarize, like people, you know, I've heard me on this podcast a bunch of times talk about, you know, Philly and, and the dynamics of their team and Ben Simmons defending Kawhi for portions of the series. And, and, you know, I, I did say that I thought Jimmy could, could kind of get them buckets, um, you know, when no one else could, but I didn't really think that was like the best way for them to do it. And really at this point, I'm profoundly wrong, right? Like it's petered off to the point where Jimmy has went to his new place and he, <laughs> and I don't care that Indiana, whatever, Sabonis doesn't matter. You sweep a team, you sweep a team. So like his team. And then, you know, even throughout this, this season, I hung on to some of the like, well, his shooting percentages aren't whatever. I still do have him as like a top 10 player, but anyways, like I'm just to continue elaborating how wrong I've been. You know, just like he, he throttled, they, they, you know, the Miami throttled Indiana. Uh, and, and then Philly, for Philly, obviously the Ben Simmons loss, uh, you know, injury is massive. But for Philly to get swept like that, sure, you know, there's a lot of different contexts. But I think just uh, the, the, the sweep in favor of Butler and then Philly getting swept. And then on top of that, you have he, he, he has a, a playoff career high and basically just like goes off like a bomb against Milwaukee in the fourth quarter. And like, I don't know if, if you guys got to watch that game, but he, he really took over the game like on both ends. And I would say that Milwaukee looked scared uh, of Jimmy Butler. Like I, I'd say, I would say that's, that's fair. They were like, this guy is, I don't know what to do when, to, you know, the bucks are pretty nasty. They have great well, he looked like he and, turned into Kobe in that fourth quarter last night. It right? was I mean, wild. You look at the pull-ups, those, the turnarounds. Like I, I think that might've been the most impressive offensive performance I've ever seen from the guy. And I'm a big Jimmy Butler fan as you know. Yeah. So, so, uh, so, but, but my question to you two guys is, um, and, and I'll quickly recap these, uh, my, 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 
my, you know, top three ever, I think terrible takes was that uh, um, Deron Williams uh, was going to be better than Chris Paul. Um, so that one, that, yeah, I know that's a good one. That, that one's hard to beat. Um, Did you, were you in the, the general game thread last night? I was not. No. Where I was like, we, uh, we were watching the, uh, the OKC uh, Houston game. And I was just like, remember the time Utah drafted Darren Williams over Chris Paul? Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> and I, I hung on to that for like a couple of years. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think some of us can relate to this, but I did truly believe it at one point that Bargnani was going to be as good as Dirk. Um, as far as like, you know, I mean, like, whatever. That's a terrible take. It doesn't matter. I know a lot of Raptors fans. I was a big Bargnani guy. But I actually believe, yeah. And like looking at, I thought he was going to be be amazing. Yeah. um, You know, there's certain things that you can't foresee, like his poor work ethic, right? Like totally. He had talent. Um, and my last one, uh, is that I thought the mellow AI, uh, eight seed nuggets were going to sweep the first seed Lakers, um, with like Kobe and like, it was like, it was never going to happen. Um, so yeah, I guess my question to, uh, to you guys is do, do any of these current bad takes like the, the Butler, the Doncic and, um, and Tatum are any of those like threatening to, to be in my like, like worst takes ever? No, it's, it's all just conjecture at the end of the day. Right. In terms of like how, how people's careers are going to pan out and stuff. And like, what would sports fandom be without hot takes? You know yeah. what I mean? Like hot takes in themselves are like intrinsically uh, kind of just a testament to how awesome sports are that, you know, that they draw like such passionate uh, discourse. It's right? true. I love and, a good hot and take. So, and yeah, I mean like we love like blasting bad hot takes, but like, you know, I'd rather that than not have any hot takes at all. Like that's what makes being a fan fun. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, I, uh, I, I have the bad take cycle with, uh, with, yeah, Dame. what's, what's, yeah, what's my, thing with, my thing with Dame? Dame. I, I always, I always predict that Dame is going to play poorly in an upcoming thing. Like, well, he's going to do bad in this series or he's going to do bad in the bubble or he's going to do bad in this game. And I literally joke about it with my, with Roger Bainbridge, frequent listener and guest on the show. And I always be like, no, no Dame. I'm out on Dame. And then every time I text, I'm out on Dame. He literally scores like 64 points and I feel like a stupid idiot. And then I'm, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm back in on Dame. And then he always lets me down at the end. But like, I just keep going through this wash cycle with Dame. Where I like he only scores 30 him. instead of 60. <laughs> yeah. He, like he, so he shoots from, the, shoots the, from the three point line instead of the logo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Brian, is there like, is there like a recent bad take you got? No, I'm always on point with my takes. So yeah, everything's <laughs> perfect all the time. Pretty much. Hey, fair enough. Okay, hey, man. I called that. I called that championship last year, and like I got a lot of hate. I, I, I called to, the I championship to talk a too. A lot of people off the ledge, you know, when uh, you know early on, especially when we went down 0-2 to the Bucks. But uh, you know, my, my my hottest take that I still I'll wear as a badge of honor is I was obsessed with Kyle Lowry when he was on Houston. I was like, I was Kyle too. High five. I was like, this he's the high five. I was like, this guy's the fucking man. And then when we got him, I was like, that's our Billups. Is, I remember. Me. Yeah. I was like, I said to Freddie, I was like, this is our Billups. This is the guy. This guy's going to take us so far. He's going to be an all-star, which sounded crazy at the time. And he's, he's, he's going to be amazing. He could be a point guard on the championship team. I used to say that phrase. And like, I literally, I, I just knew Kyle Lowry had, that mentality you're talking about, Brian, about like, he has to win. He just like, he will not give up ever. I just knew it. I knew it. Okay. Yeah. Guys, let's, uh, let's, 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 oh, sorry, go ahead, Brian. Uh, I was going to say that he just really, he, him and Jimmy are actually cut from a pretty similar cloth. Uh, both guys that very, uh, that have a very pleasant, uh, uh, vibe off the court, like good sense of humor jokey kind of guys and then on the court they're like all business and kind of prickly and people think that they're assholes but they're not yeah. really nice guys that just, that just take their drop series oh and i also was going to say i did have a bad take and that like i i at one point thought that stromile swift was going to be a really big star in the league and that didn't really work out <laughs> i mean he could dunk but uh yeah. 
Yeah, he hits he hit some wild dunks, but um, okay, One last of the coolest names I ever a couple heard. others. Yeah, last, that was a great name. I think it was mostly just the name, to be honest. Yeah, the name, <laughs> the name, name helps. Is so awesome. There's no way he can't be a star. Oh, man. Swift, Swift plus Stromile is the first name. Stromile is uh, an incredible name. That's great. Stro uh, Stro Swift. Wow. All right, let's uh, let's cool. wrap this up with um, uh, just just a take on the um on on the Bucks Heat series. Uh, Brian, I'll go I'll go you first. Um. Who do you think is going to win? And uh, like, like, I guess like how long, like, you know, what's the main theme of the series? Sorry, what's the main what? What's the main like theme of the series? Like, you know, if you're not, if you don't want to say like five games, six games, like uh, who, who wins well, and like, say, what's the deal? I would say heat in five or six. Um, wow. That's, that's, that's uh, what I was thinking going. Hey, I just, you know, the, the bucks have just looked off this the entire the entire bubble since this whole thing started mm-hmm. there's some shaky yeah i don't know they just look rattled and uh um, i agree hey they're a great team you know they could they could put it together and end up uh winning the series but right now i mean i like he he raptors was kind of the the eastern conference finals that i was predicting to begin with we'll see if that happens but uh but yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in the Bucks right now, and you know, I'd be happy for them uh, to prove me wrong because I like Giannis and I'd like to see him succeed. Yeah, but, Giannis is awesome. He's fun to yeah. root for. Yeah, Miguel, Heat Bucks. What are you feeling? I'm going to Heat. I'm going to Heat in seven. I think it's okay. going to go steep, and it's going to be like some kind of wild fucking finish. I think it could go either way, truly. I think that Milwaukee could easily put it together and really start playing quite well. But I I just want the Heat to win, kind of, because I just like that team so much. And I just think uh, I would. Lo- I just think that it's gonna it's gonna be a wild series. There's no way the Heat's gonna take it easily from the Bucks either. There's no way. Uh, yeah. Be competitive. There is like Spo. I mean, I'm I've always been a big Spo fan too. I'm okay. I think I'm gonna go a, a little bit uh, a little bit opposite of you two. Uh, I'm gonna go Bucks and six, uh, only because I think that something's gonna happen with Giannis where he's even gonna hit like some other new something, um, or 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 maybe not. Like we'll see. But I, I just feel like there's. Like it's not, it's not. The story's not going to be like Middleton and Bledsoe let him down. I think that the story's gonna, he's gonna put it back on his chest and be like, no one could stop me. He just hasn't really been a finisher though, right? Like I'm trying to think. No, like most free of their throws, wins, it's a like most of their wins, you know, they annihilate their opponents, right? But in these close games, and I mean, similar to us, I guess as well. But um, similar to uh, the Raptors, unfortunately, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but right now, you know, when when they when they get down, like in those late in the in the crunch time. You know, he kind of looks like a different player. Like, I read a lot into just body language, you know, and this is the same as when we came back from that 0-2 deficit last year against them. You know, his body language, his demeanor just changes. You know, he kind of looks, he looks kind of scared out there. I hate to say it. And and right now, you know, their offense is really predicated on their on their guys, like, hitting shots, right? Like, yeah, drives and dishes. And, you know, Middleton hasn't really, I mean, I haven't watched every game. That they've he played. hasn't been great. The games that I've watched, Middleton's been looking pretty average to me. Uh, you know, and we know that uh, you know they lost Brogdon, which is obviously obviously huge. So I don't know. Like his teammates definitely need to step it up. Like they need to be like flawless. From, you know, from behind the arc, not flawless, but you know what I mean. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, well, guys, I think that I think that's it for the pod. Um, thank you both for doing it. Uh, Raptors are down 0-2. I mean, it's all good. It's all yeah, good. We got this. We got this, um, Brian. I'll just jump to you. Uh, I, I don't know what you're, uh, uh, what, what you're up to in terms of gigging these days, but um, yeah, if there's a, uh, is there anywhere people can kind of like find you or anything you want them to check out? Well, I played my first gig in nice. five months uh, this past weekend. It was for my friend's birthday. Oh, uh, that's awesome! But I'm pretty much, I've just pretty much been avoiding gigging. I'm still kind of on yeah. quarantine. I don't know. I'm just kind of trying to err on the side of caution, but it is getting stressful. Yep. You know, definitely got to think about uh, stacking some chips for the winter. But um, yeah, right now it's just like watching ball. Yep. Uh, playing video games, eating Swish LA. I mean, that's that's <laughs> that's pretty good. You're being a responsible Canadian citizen. Like you're really exactly Get the right. Sauce. Exactly right. Get the sauce. Get the sauce. Get the sauce. Um, Swish LA sauce. LA sauce. Uh, Miguel, um, 
What's up? Uh, you're, I mean, you're in Newfoundland, but uh, anything you want people to know or yeah, check, check out? Yeah, I, I have a podcast on CBC Podcast. It's called Tony Ho, and it's a sketch comedy podcast to brighten your day. Season one came out over the summer, and season two is going to come out uh, in, a, in just a few weeks, really. Sweet. Um, so everybody go check out CBC Podcast, wherever you stream your podcast, and look for Tony Ho. And uh, check us out. We're funny. It's great. And we're trying to make everyone's pandemic lighter and funnier. Hello. Nice. I liked, I liked your tone there, too. It was like super cheery. It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!